The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the twelve, Whoever welcomes you, welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. Whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly, I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In 1998, a couple of weeks after Easter, I took a very special vacation with a couple of friends. We started in Glasgow, and one evening I realized my purse was not on my shoulder. It had my money, some jewelry, my airline tickets, and my passport. Basically everything I needed to enjoy my trip and be able to get on an airplane when it was time to come home. Suddenly I was in a foreign country with no money. My friends helped me as much as they could. Our next stop was Edinburgh, and while my friends explored that wonderful city, I made my way to the American consulate to start the passport process. I had no idea of what to expect. I felt like a fool allowing my purse to be stolen, but I tell you, those people could not have been any more welcoming to me. I told them the situation. I'm afraid it was through tears. I said I needed to cancel some reservations. I no longer had funds to go horseback riding in Ireland as I'd planned. And I needed to talk to American Express about reissuing traveler's checks. Remember traveler's checks? And I didn't have any money for the long-distance calls. Remember expensive long-distance calls? And remember, no internet and no cell phones? Those kind people sat me down, brought me tea, and said to me, this is your consulate and this is your telephone. You can make as many calls as you want, and we are here to help you in any way. Wow. I canceled my riding adventure. The consulate contacted our embassy in London, smoothing the way for me to get a new passport. And a few minutes later, the horse ranch actually called back and said, just come anyway and pay us whenever you can. I wasn't able to do that, but wow. The consulate gave me an extremely caring, practical, kind welcome. We continued our trip although our plans were delayed by a day or so. The funds finally caught up with me, and in Oban, I met a guy named Philip. You could say we hit it off. We're celebrating 24 years of marriage this month. At the end of the trip, we had plans to fly out of London after my stop at the U.S. Embassy. And I guess 
you know, the entire trip I was, I was just a bit rattled about what I had lost and wondering and hoping that this would all work out, but still feeling pretty vulnerable. And when I walked up to the U.S. Embassy and saw the Marines standing guard outside of it, I knew everything was going to be all right. And it was. I felt welcomed and safe and very close to home. I've been thinking about hospitality a lot this week after spending time with our gospel reading, where Jesus says to his disciples, whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. To be welcomed is sacred. To welcome another is sacred. Whether fancy or simple, at home or across the world, hospitality is always about caring for the other, and it's closely related to welcoming Christ himself. Let's travel a bit through time and geography this morning and think about hospitality. Close to home. My friend Lynn has always known about unfussy, relaxed, kind welcome. We have been close friends from we, since we were six years old, sharing everything growing up. And when it was time for my mother's funeral, I went to New London and stayed with Lynn and her husband. She instinctively gave me conversation or space when I needed it. Early on the morning of mom's service, as I looked out their upstairs window onto the lake, thinking about both now and eternity, she brought me the best latte I've ever had made with her own hands, seeing my heart, offering TLC and caffeine. I hope you have a Lynn in your life, or that you are one for others. On a different scale, I'm thinking of the radical hospitality of Le Chambon, a courageous village in the mountains of France. I've mentioned them before. I was so moved by their story that I vowed to go there and pay tribute to their bravery and faith. I got there in 2006 while I was on study leave. They were French Huguenots, Christians, who in their own history had been persecuted for their faith. So during World War II, when Jews were fleeing the Nazis, they made their village a safe haven. They simply decided that it was the right and the faithful thing to do. They not only welcomed Jewish families, they assimilated them, hid them in their homes and farms, gave them French names, forged IDs, sent the kids to school with their own kids, sometimes hiding in plain sight, sometimes hiding in the mountains. They sheltered a thousand people, and not one was lost. Tragically, one of the local leaders who had offered that shelter was arrested and killed. Sacred hospitality sometimes literally saves lives. It may require faith and courage, and it can be very costly. Of course, here in this building, we must remember that we are founded on hospitality, since we are named after St. Philip, who was a deacon 
in the very earliest years of the Church. We read all about him in the Book of Acts, and we can see scenes of his life depicted on the icons that will be to your right as you exit the building. If you haven't seen those, I hope you will stop and take a look. The first time we meet our Philip, we learn that a group of widows in the Jerusalem Church was being neglected in the daily distribution of food, an example of bad hospitality. They were Greek-speaking widows rather than Hebrew-speaking, and they may have felt like outsiders. So the apostles took this very seriously. They selected seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and wisdom, to correct this situation. Our Philip was one of those seven deacons. From the beginning, he was involved with the kind of hospitality that ensures that all, especially those who are a bit outside the fold, are being cared for and tended to. Then, when Christians fled Jerusalem because of persecution, including the stoning of Stephen, who was also one of those seven deacons, Philip went to Samaria, where he reached outside the fold once again, preaching the gospel to Samaritans, a group who had intermarried with other peoples and were again considered to be outsiders. They received our Philip and his message with eagerness, and we can see the Samaritans being blessed in the way Jesus described, the one who welcomes you welcomes me. After this, Philip was sent by God to walk on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, where he met a foreigner, a eunuch, an official of the royal court of the Queen of Ethiopia. The man had been worshiping in Jerusalem and was on a chariot. Uh, our third panel of stained glass has the chariot on it. That's for our Philip. And he was reading from Isaiah 53, which says, He was wounded for our transgressions. But he didn't know what it meant. Philip explained to him that it was about Jesus and his saving work and his love. The Ethiopian welcomed Philip's words and welcomed our Lord, and he was baptized, and he went on his way rejoicing. The rise of Christianity in Ethiopia in the early centuries is linked to this very man. Philip was hospitable to him in offering the treasure of Christ, and the Ethiopian was hospitable in welcoming Philip and his message. Our Phil did it again. So. First, our Philip extended sacred hospitality, both in terms of loving care and the gospel itself, to Greek widows, and then to Samaritans, and then to an Ethiopian. Later in Acts, we catch up with him one more time. He's living in Caesarea, which is a major seaport of Israel. When the Apostle Paul went to Jerusalem for the last time, he stopped at Caesarea, and Philip and his four daughters offered him hospitality in their home for several days. A believer in Jesus, offering welcome to another believer, and thereby welcoming Christ himself. Our namesake is all about hospitality. We have a sacred legacy in his story and in his name that we share. And please, Hear me when I say this. From the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you 
for all of the ways, big and small, that you practice this legacy of sacred hospitality. From hosting charitable events in your homes, to giving someone a cup of cold water, giving someone a meal, or a listening ear, or a kindness, or a latte, or warmly greeting someone new to you, or someone well known to you in the pew at St. Philip the Deacon on Sunday morning. You make the world go around, and this is who we are called to be. And my friends, also please know this, when we welcome one another, whether friend or stranger, we participate in something that is truly and utterly sacred, nothing less than the hospitality of our good and faithful Lord, who welcomes us into the family in the waters of baptism, who invites us to share a meal where he nourishes us with his own dear self, who searches for us and welcomes us back when we wander off, and who goes to prepare a place for us so that we may live in his house forever. It is that welcome, it is Christ's welcome, that we are called to share. In the name of Jesus, amen.